Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much for your giving. Welcome once again to Bethesda Church. Whether you're here physically or watching online, thank you for joining us. One more time, can you give it up for the online family? God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Well, today we are kicking off a 10-day corporate fast, and I am so excited about what God is going to do in 2020. Uh, we are fasting and praying for 10 days. We're asking everyone to participate, uh, that at a minimum that you will join us in a Daniel fast uh, for the 10 days, eat fruit, vegetables, lots of water, uh, no meat, no bread, no sugar. Look at your neighbor and say, oh me. Yeah. All right. How many of you can do anything for 10 days, right? Let me, let me rephrase it. We're going to give up one hunger for a different type of hunger. Come on, somebody. There are some things I need God to do that's more important than fried chicken. You know, God, God has given us a word this year that 2020 would be a, a year of great clarity and focus. I believe that means, that, that being translated, that for many of you, you've been feeling your way through life like in a dark room when you can't see and you're having to just feel your way through. I believe that 2020, God's going to give you clarity on, on your purpose and your direction. I also believe that, that 2020 is a year of healing. And I believe that's physical, emotional, spiritual in, in every facet. But 2020 is also a year where God has instructed us that as a church, we are to focus proactively on being healthy. And he has given us five areas of health, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, and financially. So we're focusing on those areas during the month of January. That's what we're preaching about um, and before I dive into new content today, I, I want to kind of announce a couple of things coming up in the month of February. On the first Sunday in February, all right, that's February the 2nd, a uh, good friend of mine, Pastor Jason Dodrell, will be here preaching in both services. He pastors a church right outside of Nashville, about an hour outside of Nashville, called in, in Shelbyville, Tennessee. The church is called Gateway Church. He's, uh, their story is very similar to ours. God is just blowing up. Lives are being changed. And he's going to be here, both those services. You do not want to miss it. And then on first Wednesday, three days later, February the 5th, good friend, not only to me, but to this house, Pastor Ken, not right, we just had Ken right, but Ken Height from Melbourne, Florida, will be in service with us for first Wednesday. And check this out. It's a healing service. Anybody excited about that? If you've never heard Pastor Ken preach, the dude is the most authentic guy I have ever met. He is who he is. He, he's going to wear crazy shoes and a flat bill cap, but when he takes the microphone, there is just a move of God that, that's going to take place. So you don't want to miss those two events. We kicked off this series last week called Turn It Up, and we are turning it up in the five areas that we are focused on. So we talked about turn it, turn it up spiritually last week. Today I want to talk to you about turn it up physically. Turn it up physically. Um, before we get too far, 
I, I want to say to you today that this can be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. That the spiritual actually has the potential to change the physical. A lot of times we are trying to make external changes and, 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 and we're, we're going to fix this, we're going to change that, we're going to eliminate that thing. Um, and we don't have a lot of success because we, we have failed to connect the spiritual with the physical. That the spiritual can change the physical. Now, a lot of people in this room today, you're probably sitting here and you're saying, Pastor, I've never came to church and anybody talk about taking care of myself physically. I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up and I never heard one sermon about it at all. And you may be thinking, Pastor, I didn't get up on a Sunday morning you know, to come here and listen to you talk about taking care of myself physically. I didn't come to the gym, baby. I came to church. But how many of you know the Bible has a lot to say about taking care of yourself physically? The amens are going to be real low today. I thought first service was going to stone me. There was not a lot of amens. There was a lot of just staring at me. Like, I'm hearing you, but I'm going for the fried chicken and the cheeseburgers and the donuts. And I'm never moving. Some of y'all feel the same way. I can feel it in the room. So there is a connection between the spiritual and the physical. And the truth is, a lot of us, we want to lose weight. We want to exercise more. We want to be physically fit. We have, you know, goals for that. Um, but the truth is also, many of us have never found a rhythm with eating better and taking care of our physical bodies. We've never really found that zone where, you know, and I'm not talking about some kind of fad diet, all right? I'm talking about we take care of ourselves, that we live differently. Pastor Larry Stockstill asked his wife one time, he, he said, how do you stay so fit? And she answered him back and she said, well, it's real easy. For breakfast, I, I eat like a king. I eat everything I want at breakfast. For lunch, I scale it back a little bit and eat like a prince, so I don't eat as much as I did for breakfast. But then at dinner, I eat like a pauper. I don't hardly eat anything at all. So Pastor Larry said, I'm going to try this, this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what she's doing. He said, but as he got into it, he kept hearing this little tiny voice in the back of his head every evening around dinner time that kept telling him, long live the king. <laughs> Amen. And, and a lot of us... That's kind of what happens. You know, you got the best intentions. You really want to do. You, you want to look better, feel better, all that. But, man, it, how many know it can be hard? I'm going to be the first to say I love to eat. I love food. I, I travel to eat. Like, we, Karen and I, we pick, like, what we're doing on a vac based around the meal because that is the part that I'm interested in. You know, that's the, I love to eat. But there is something to be said about taking care of our physical bodies, and we need to turn it up spiritually. A lot of us, we have things about our physical life we would like to change, whether that be diet or exercise or an addiction that's, that's hurting us. Um, and a lot of times what happens is even though we want to do it, it's like we don't have the power to do it because our body, our physical body, is now calling the shots for us. Our physical body is literally telling us 
what we're going to do. And there's a biblical word for it that you've probably read over in the New Testament uh, here and there, but it's the biblical word debauchery. Big word, debauchery. But it means an extreme indulgence in your sen- senses. It, 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 it's actually referring to when you get to a place where your body is now calling all the shots for you. That's what debauchery is. And it's important because you are a triune being. You are made up of body, which we can all see. You're made up of soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. But you are also a spiritual being, body, soul, and spirit. The dilemma that we have is that all three want to be in charge. Your body wants to call the shots. Your soul, your emotional, that that emotional part of you wants to call the shots. But God has given you a spirit, spirit man on the inside of you, and it's only when we allow the spirit man to lead in God that we actually have peace and joy. When the other two are calling the shots, it brings destruction. And, and so your body, when it's in charge and calling the shots for you, it, your body don't care what God said. It doesn't care what your emotions say. It just wants what it wants when it wants it. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. So when we give our life to Christ, um, at that moment, how many know it's not about any external changes at all? I think I heard one right. It's about internal changes. God is saying, I, I'm doing something on the inside that will eventually work its way to the outside. I, I'm not worrying about you getting yourself together and, and then making the change internally. I'm going to change you internally, and then we'll start working on some external things. A lot of us, we come into a new year. It's a brand new year, 2020. We got resolu- resolutions. We got goals. We're going to do A, B, and C. The problem is, is that our resolutions, they end On average, 80% of them end by Valentine's Day. You know what that means? We all good for about six weeks. Beyond six weeks, we don't have any willpower. We don't have any way to to carry it out. And and so the greatest change is not external, it's internal. And and the Apostle Paul gives us a little insight in Romans chapter 7, verses 18 through 20. He says, for I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. The Apostle Paul had this desire to do good, but he kept missing the mark. He had a desire not to do evil, but he kept finding himself doing evil. In our translation, the Apostle Paul, if we were to apply this to uh, taking care of ourselves physically, turning it up physically, it would be, it would sound like this. I want to quit eating so much, but I can't. I want to work out more, but I I, I just never make it happen. I need to quit this bad habit, but I I just can't seem to let it go. Paul talks about what's driving all of that. He's talking about a spiritual condition that's affecting the physical condition. 
that the spiritual has potential to impact the physical. Then he fusses at himself. Look at this. In verse 24 and 25, he says, What a wretched man I am. Our translation, when we, when we set goals and we don't hit them, whether that be a goal to eat better, a goal to exercise, a goal to weigh this amount, and, and we keep coming up short and we never follow through on it, we end up like Paul, what a wretched man I am. Our translation, I hate myself. Why can't I fix this? Why can't I change that? And we, we become, uh, our, our self, how many of your self-esteem can take a hit? It can take a big hit. He said, I'm a wretched man. Who's going to rescue me? And the solution is not working out more and eating better. The solution is Jesus. I, I need to get, we, we, we want Jesus when it comes to church but we don't want to talk about Jesus when it comes to working out. I, I'm trying to help us see the spiritual can actually give power to what you're trying to do in the physical. I, I, you got to see the connection. We think the Holy Spirit is only good for praying in tongues and, and laying hands on the sick. But the same Holy Spirit that heals the sick will get your behind out of bed and into the gym. Ooh, this is going well. All right, let's look at this. When my body is out of control and is calling the shots, three things are going to happen. Number one, it's going to destroy me. It will destroy me. We do have a real enemy. We know the devil's real, and he wants to take us out. But if he can't, like, physically take you out, he simply wants to destroy the quality of your life. The quality of your life. He wants to pollute your life. If, if, he, if it's up to him, you'd be so out of shape that you, you are rendered ineffective. When it comes to being in shape and out of shape, I'm just going to tell you, when I weighed 50 pounds more than I do right now, I was tired all the time. Headaches every day. There is something to be said about being in shape, and I got a long way to go. Like, I, there's guys get around me, and they, they, they make me want to do better. You ever get around people, and they just so, like, I don't know, they, they beast mode. They got a six-pack. They flex all the time. You're like, can you just go home and eat some donuts? <laughs> Sit down for a few weeks. Let that six-pack turn into a keg, you know, just one big. Some of y'all get that on the way home. 1 Corinthians 6.12, I love this verse. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing this as well. And he's telling us there's a lot of things that you can do, and you can continue to do it, and still make it to heaven, but it doesn't mean that it's beneficial. Like, you, you can do it. It's not a heaven or hell issue. It, it, it has nothing to do with that, but it's not benefit. It's like the people that say, Pastor, um, will, will, will I make it to heaven, you know, if I, if I smoke? Will I go to hell, you know, if I smoke? And, and it's like, no, I don't believe you're going to hell if you smoke. I just think you're going to get to heaven a whole lot faster. Come on now. I just think you're going to go quick. Can I eat pork? Yeah, eat bacon in the morning. 
bacon in the afternoon, bacon for dinner, bacon for mid- midnight. I, I'm t- I love me some bacon. But how many know you're probably going to step out of this life into eternity a little quicker? Nobody's saying amen there. It's like, ooh, good Lord, the amount of bacon I've been eating. So, so Paul says there's a lot of things that are permissible. It's not heaven or hell, but it's not beneficial. And then he says everything's permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. In other words, my body will never reach a place where it's calling the shots and telling me what to do. So it will destroy me. This 10 days of prayer and fasting is strategic because we just came out of the most indulgent season. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New How many of you would just be honest in church right now and say you ate way too much in that season? All right, all right, we got some honest folk. But it's the most indulgent season. And, and, and I don't want you to take this time to pray and fast and it just be a 10-day thing, but could it be that God wants to use a 10-day fast to help you reset your lifestyle so that you don't continue eating and, and, and sitting around in a recliner all day? Come on, somebody. Never moving. You haven't broke a sweat in four years. Maybe God wants to reset that and, and, and give, let the spiritual begin to impact the physical. So target that in your life. Fasting has the power to break addictions. And and there's a lot of food addictions. Some people are addicted to sugar. Can Can I just rant for a minute? I grew up in church, and it always bothered me when the preacher got up and said, you're going to hell if you smoke, and they and they weigh 450 pounds. Dude, have you checked the mirror out lately? Like, it, look, yeah, they smoking themselves, but you eating yourself to death. Right? Everything permissible, not everything beneficial. And so there has to, how I many, moderation is a cool thing. I can enjoy some bacon in moderation. I can enjoy cake in moderation. The problem is, is when we get up and we eat moon pies, you know, for breakfast, and then we eat a whole pizza for lunch. And then we, we going to eat three plates of pasta at dinner. How many know? You're going to be obese. No way around it. We have to live by moderation. If my body is calling the shots, it will destroy me. Number two, it will dilute my witness. It will dilute my witness. Um, whether we like it or not, people, once you say, I'm a Christian and I'm following Jesus, people are now watching your life. Now, some of you are like, I don't want them watching my life. Like, judge not. We got all that judge not stuff. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify God. In other words, God wants your life to be a walking billboard. Your life is preaching a sermon. My life is preaching even when I'm not holding a microphone. That we are a bill. Some people, the only Jesus and the only sermon they will ever hear will be looking at your life. And my question is, what are you preaching with your life? 
What are you preaching with the way you treat others? What are you preaching with the way you treat the body God entrusted to you? 2 Corinthians 8 and 21, For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. I want to challenge you to live so attractive that people want what you have. So that means you got to make some decisions. Did you know being a disciple, the root word is disciplined. I've never met, you know, I meet disciples all the time that have no discipline. I'll drop it. I'll drop it. I won't drop it. <laughs> Production team be real mad. So it, when my body's in charge, it destroys me. It dilutes my witness. Number three, it dishonors God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your physical body is the temple. And this is new for a lot of people because we grew up in churches where you, you walked in and, and, and people would say, welcome, this place is holy, take off your hat. There was reverence for the building. Reverence for, this. I hate to break it to you, this is a gift from God. It is a tool that God has given us to reach people. But this building in and of itself is not holy. The Old Testament buildings like this were holy, but once Jesus came and died and we were given a new covenant, it's not the building that makes this place holy, baby. It's the fact that you walked in and you are the tabernacle, the residence of God's Spirit, and it becomes holy when my feet touch the ground here. Not because of all this. It's because God lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And some of us, we treat a building like this with more respect and more honor than we do the gift called our body that God has entrusted to us. What if you saw your body as a sanctuary, as a holy place? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.15, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. See, it, it's not just about eating habits and working out and all that kind of stuff. God is, is telling us that the spiritual will give power to the physical. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says this. It says, In a great house... There, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, fit for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Let, let's talk about it like this. In your house, you probably have paper plates and china. Now, some of us... I'm going to use this analogy, but some of us, like if it's China, nobody touches. But if you do touch the China, you, you wash it, you clean it up, you dry it, and, and you put it back in its proper place with a lot of care. The paper plate, you just toss it in the trash when you're done. Many of us, we are treating our body like a paper plate instead of the fine china that God says that it is. Like it's just disposable. I'll sit and eat and never move. 
All right. First Timothy 4 and 8. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Again, there's a connection between the physical and the spiritual. He says that for physical training is of some value, but, but if you go to the gym and you don't have your spirit right, you're going to go to the gym with limited success because the spiritual part of you impacts eternity, but it also impacts now. That, that it can give life to what you are doing physically. And, and so, what's sad is that we don't see our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit and as God's residence and as a gift from God. And so we treat it any way we want to treat it. And what we don't recognize is that our longevity is cut short. And, and it may be longevity for ministry, for a business, for a career. It, it could be longevity for a lot of things. It's cut short because you did not take care of yourself physically. And the Bible is full of, of health rules and guidelines that will help you and I to take better care of ourselves. Shakespeare, he said this. He said, it's hard to be a philosopher with a toothache. I want to say it like this. It's hard to be spiritually alert when you are physically dull. There is something to be said about how you feel when you haven't taken care of yourself. That it actually affects what God is trying to do in you and through you. So I'm going to give you five quick points and then I'll finish with three quick points. And I'm going to do all that in 17 minutes. Are you ready? Come on, hit your neighbor and tell him, turn it up physically. Here we go. This is where y'all going to want to stone me. Number one. Maintain your ideal weight. Scientists have discovered that based on height, bone structure, that you should have an ideal weight. We also know that when we weigh a certain amount, we feel better. And if we go way above that, we don't feel so good. There's a certain weight that I can weigh that when I put clothes on, I hate myself. And another, a different weight, I put clothes on and I'm cool. And we all know what that ideal weight is. A ballpark of what we should weigh. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 4 says, Each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And I, I want to give a disclaimer. There are medical reasons for being overweight. There are. But for most of us, it's not a medical reason. We just like food. A lot. And we, love, we like food a lot and we hate to move. Yeah. Woo! Ecclesiastes 6 and 7, all the labor of man is for the mouth, and yet the appetite is never filled. Secondly, balance your diet. You need to focus on controlling both the quality and the quantity of what you're eating. Use this time of fasting not only to draw closer to God, but use this time of fasting to prove to yourself that you can live a disciplined life. That you can choose to eat the right things. A balanced diet. Some of you are like, I got a balanced diet, Pastor. I got a cheeseburger in each hand. 
balance. I say praise the Lord for that, you know. (laughs) The point Paul is making in 1 Corinthians 6 when he says everything is permissible for me but I will not be mastered by anything is that eating is not an end in itself. We live to, we eat to live, we don't live to eat. And so we need to balance our diet. Number three, commit yourself to a regular workout program. Touch your neighbor and tell him, you got this. You got this. Now, now here, here's, here's the problem. Most of us are convinced that I should do that. We're convinced we should, but we're not committed to make it happen. Convinced it's the right thing, but not committed enough to actually do it. First, First Timothy 4 eight. physical exercise has some value. We're just going to stop right there. I believe if the Apostle Paul were to rewrite that verse today, if he was writing the Bible now, he wouldn't just say physical exercise has some value. He would tell us it has great value. And the reason he would say it like that is because when he was writing then, everyone was active. Everyone moved. They walked everywhere they went. They had manual labor jobs. Now we drive everywhere we go and we sit behind desks a lot and we don't want to sweat. Paul would tell us, get up. Get on the treadmill. Some of us, we, I mean, let's be honest, you haven't broke a sweat in five years. It's time to move. How many know controlling your weight is, is simple? You eat less and you move more. All right. You know you're out of shape when, and your body's in trouble when your knees buckle and your belt won't. You, you know, you know you're, you're in trouble and out of shape when, when one of your friends, you see a buddy, and they are running, and, and silently you're praying. I hope they twist an ankle. <laughs> oh, you know you're in trouble when you can walk one flight of stairs and your heart starts beating faster than it does when you hold the, the hand of your spouse. Some of us, our bodies are calling the shots, telling us what we're going to do, how we're going to feel. And when it comes to working out, let, I'll, I'll give you a couple of things. And I'm not the best. There's people in here that, I mean, I see Stevie Damon walk in. I just want to leave. <laughs> like, I'll just be honest. Like, he comes in looking like the rock, like he could choke, slam half y'all at the same time. Like, can you just go eat some donuts and not move for a long time? But when it comes to working out, I'm not saying you got to go and, and go from nothing to now you are an Olympic gold medalist, you're a CrossFitter, you're all that. I'm saying if you've done nothing, it's not about training harder, it's about training longer. And, and so you would be better off instead of going to the gym saying I'm going to be you know A, B, and C and do all this stuff and then be like I just can't do it. If you just for 15 minutes every day just took a walk. 15 minutes, you would be surprised at what it would do for you physically. 
It would, it would, it, you would see results if you consistently stuck with that. Number four, get enough sleep and rest. Psalm 127 and 2 says, In vain you rise up early and stay up late. How many has ever fallen into the trap of getting up early on a consistent basis and then on the back end not going to bed either? You, you can do that. Like, I used to be able to do that, and it didn't affect me. I'm 42. Like, I can't, like, stay up all night and roll the next day. Like, I need, I need a little bit of sleep. Anybody feel me? I need a little bit of sleep. Look at this verse. Psalm 127.2. In vain you rise up early and you stay up late. And I think a lot of us, we're pushing it at both ends. And when we push it at both ends, we get up early, we stay up late, and we do that long enough, we become irritable. Everybody gets on our nerves. And the truth is, we just need somebody to say, it's not our fault you're upset. Would you please go to bed? If you would just take a nap, you would love all of us again. Come on, y'all. Y'all know that person that just needs a nap. The Living Bible says God wants his loved ones to get their rest. In other words, when you are at rest and you're able to sleep, God takes pleasure in it. So I go to sleep and God's happy. I don't know about you, I'm going to get a nap. God takes delight in you finding rest. Number five, live in harmony with God. And what I mean by this one is just have peace in your life. When, you, when, when there is an absence of peace in your life, it affects you physically. Proverbs 14 and 30 says, A heart at peace is life to the body. Our emotions affect our physical body. Our physical body affects our emotions. And so we got to keep them both in check. See, again, I grew up in churches that didn't talk about this at all. At all. They only preached on the spiritual. And I believe most of the preaching should be on the spiritual because it impacts everything else. But not, we shouldn't just preach on the spiritual and then ignore all that God says about taking care of ourselves. We have to talk about it. And the Apostle Paul, if you want to read this on your own time, for sake of time, I won't read it. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you were just to digest that chapter you would see the importance of taking care of your physical body. We'll leave you with three things as the worship team comes that I think will help you make the changes you need to make to turn it up physically. Number one, understand this. My body belongs to God. And this, is, this is vital. My body is actually God's property. It, it actually belongs to him. He created my body, and he expects me to take care of it. And we, we rebel against that. We think it's my body, I'll, I'll do what I want. And we don't really have any regard that your body, get this, is a gift that God gave you. It's a gift that he gave you. And every gift that God gives us, he expects us to manage it well. To, the biblical word for manage is steward, that we steward what God has given us. The other thing we have to understand is we're all going to give an account for everything God put into our care. That's our money, our time, our calling, and yes, you will give an account for how you treated your physical body because it's a gift. God gave it to you. He gave you wisdom 
to be able to manage it properly. A lot of us, we make the same mistake that the Greek philosophers made where they taught that your spirit man was important, but your body didn't matter. That as long as you were good spiritually, it didn't matter what you did physically. And it's actually the opposite of what God tells us. The Bible tells us that our body is holy because God made it. And we are to bring glory to God with our physical body. Before I give you these last two, I just got to see. Y'all getting anything out of this? Or y'all like just mad right now? Man, I'm telling you, I have felt this thing all. I've never wanted a sermon to be over more than this one. And how many would say like I do, this is one of the struggles you have? Come on, I, I struggle. There's days I'd rather eat and not move. There's a lot of days I'd rather eat and not move. But I, do a, I, want, I want to do a better job taking care of myself. I think it would be cool if Bethesda Church became the healthiest church in the world. I think it would be an awesome thing if y'all walked in here like The Rock. You need help, Pastor? Picking the whole place up and moving it. I'm just kidding. Number two, God's spirit lives in my body. You got to quit thinking that this is where the Holy Spirit dwells. He, he, he meets us here because we are carrying the Holy Spirit individually. And when we bring the Holy Spirit in individually, there is a corporate anointing and corporate power that hits this place that you could never experience on your own. But it's not about the building or the facilities being holy. It's that your body is holy. All right? God's Spirit lives on the inside of you. Many of you, if, if you were to drive by this place and you saw physically someone vandalizing this building, you knew they were vandalizing it you would immediately consider that a crime. And it is a crime to vandalize a building. But a lot of us, if we're being honest, we are abusing and vandalizing God's temple on a daily basis. And it's time that we stop long enough to recognize that it would be a crime to destroy a gift that God entrusted to me. I need to do a better job taking care of it. And the last point, God expects me to take care of my body. That's what this whole message has been about. I am not the owner, but I am the caretaker. I am the manager. I will give an account for how I handled this gift. Some of y'all are like, you're going to go home and tell your spouse, hey, baby, this is a gift from God. <laughs> you're going to give an account for how you handled it, for, for how you took care of it. Your life on earth is a test run for what God can entrust to you in eternity. He's watching to see how you use your time, how you use your money, and how you use your physical body, how you manage that. And he's not going to evaluate you based on the body he gave somebody else. He's going to evaluate you based on the body he gave you. Amen? How many received something from the Word of God today? I'm going to stop right there. That's all I can take. Y'all, that's all I can take. All right, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet.
I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And as you do that, we, we have, we, we've talked about taking care of ourselves physically. But I hope you did not miss the connection that the spiritual gives power to the physical. That, like if you were going to choose one, get in shape physically or get right spiritually, I would tell you get right spiritually. Because if you get right spiritually, it can actually give power to what you want to do physically. The most important thing is that you and God are on the same page. That you and God are, are, are joined together. And, and that Jesus is the Lord of your life. It's the most important. It's the central message. And so I, I want to speak to you today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I'm not right with God. I have sin in my life that needs to be forgiven. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that is you this morning and you're in-house, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, I need Jesus to save me. I see these hands back here. God bless you all back there. I see those hands. I see a bunch up front, several in the back over here. Awesome, awesome. Come on, hold it high. Let me see it, let me see it, let me see it, let me see it. I see hands. Hands all over this building. I'm preaching on taking care of yourself physically and people getting saved. Twelve more online, church. Come on, church. Give God a praise for that. It's awesome. we got to get the spiritual right, and it will give power to the physical. If you raised your hand, we want to thank God that you came today, that you are here, and we want to pray with you and for you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer all together, loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. I want everybody to pray together. Would you say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I am a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me for all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, give them a round of applause today. Welcome them into God's family. We're so excited for you. I want you to do me a favor. If you're in-house, if you could take um, the Connect card that is in the seat back in front of you, if you would take just a moment to write down your name, let us know you made a decision for Christ, and you can actually lay that face down in your seat. Our team will get it right after service, but we want to help you take your next step. At this time, though, we're going to open up our altars for a time of prayer. If you need prayer for anything at all, we are here to put our faith with your faith. Prayer team staff, please come forward. During this last song, if you need prayer for anything, please come and allow us to pray for you. Before we do it, give God the highest praise you have all day. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.